0: Welcome to the Resilience Podcast. I'm Kobe Greer. Workplace conflict is bad for business because it can cause downturns in productivity and increases in absenteeism. On a personal level, workplace conflict can be stressful and unpleasant. So to talk more about workplace conflict, we have Christy Staples here with us. Hi, Christy. Hi, Kobe. Christy is an EAP counsellor accredited mediator, trainer and clinical supervisor at Access Wellbeing Services. Welcome, Christy. Hi. So, Christy, to kickstart our conversation, what does conflict in the workplace
1: look like? Yeah, look, I guess if we looked at it from the three different perspectives, which would be the individual uh, and then the team and then from the organisation. So for the individual, it, it looks like and it feels like an increased anxiety and stress. Um, uh, the, the person will be disconnected from their workplace. It can be seen as increased absenteeism, so either taking sick leave, stress leave, or you know, leaving early from day, your shifts, not being able to accept shifts, um, loss of confidence, loss of um, feeling supported, and ultimately could lead in the resignation um, of that person. For the team, what does it mean is it really is a a less productivity occurs. It relies on the other people within that team to pick up the slack or pick up the extra duties. Um, There's less team cohesiveness um, that occurs. The team members themselves feel this need that they have to align themselves or pick sides with the parties that are in conflict and they're drawn into it unnecessarily It creates a really unhealthy culture amongst the team um, and it increases the team's overall stress and anxiety.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then for the organisation, again, like you mentioned, there's a loss of productivity, you've got absenteeism, you've got a higher turnover of staff, you've got that unhealthy work culture that will start existing. There'll be more work coming from formal grievance lodgements um, and increase in workers' compensation claims. Mm. So it it's
0: the three levels that you have mentioned, mm-hmm. it's like one impacts the next, impacts the next. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Which can really um, generate, a let's say, a destructive culture within
1: the organisation that would have to be addressed. It's definitely creates a really unhealthy culture. Mm. Um, when conflict is between two parties, it never actually stays just between two parties within the workplace, it does have that domino effect.
0: Yeah, yeah. So with these impacts of conflict, Mm. how can managers, individuals, um, team leaders, how how can it be addressed?
1: Yeah, look, addressing um, conflict is a challenge. Everybody Mm. um, wants to be able to know what the the golden rule is and, and the magic answer from an organisational perspective, how to, to manage conflict is is it's about being able to encourage all of your employees about the bigger picture. So it's about trying to be as transparent as possible with, um, you know, decisions that are being made, with if restructures are happening or there's new staff coming on board or locations are changing so that they're, they're involved in part of uh, what's going on. So and communication. The communication. Communication, so yeah, exactly. And I know that people's hands are tied and mm. not able to always give the full picture, but it's just about reminding the organisation um, that we're not just the team or the division or this part of the department. We're actually part of an entire organisation and this is where we all fit. Mm-hmm. That's really important. The other one that's really, really important is actually training your staff. So, you know, giving the tools to the senior management to be able to assist in in the staff conflict when it starts to occur. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of management don't have those skill sets or don't feel confident in being able to support the conflict um, and get a resolution. So it just kind of keeps it escalating and it becomes more of a formal grievance rather than something that can be resolved. Mm. Um, another one is, is that role modelling. You know, um, it's about the managers and the senior staff and higher up being able to role model those really important communication skills um, and that conflict resolution in in that I'm hearing what you're saying and I understand that that's your perspective and being able to acknowledge that people have different thoughts and opinions and ideas and that they just need to be validated. Um, the other thing and from an organisation is really needing to address that negative culture immediately. A lot of the times, you know, companies and organisations wait until it has escalated um, to a formal grievance or to a disruption within the division or someone having to be transferred temporarily to another team. Mm. Um, and so then the resolution or the management of the conflict begins, whereas it needs to actually begin right at the very, very beginning um, so that they can catch it in the early stage and that they can then start having a positive interaction with the team and a positive outcome. Um, that's going to manage that, um, That that definitely that workplace culture as well. Um, I think what's really important is to remember that This is your staff's perception of the reality. And so it's not necessarily the the issue that they're in conflict with might not be a big deal to you or important to you. But to the person that's affected by it, it is a big deal. It is, from their perspective, it is something that is really important and that they want to be acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of from the organisation what they can be doing. Um. The other thing is, is from an individual's perspective, um, it's about being confident in communicating, which is really tough because a lot of people, when they're uh, reacting to conflict, they're in a very emotional state and so they don't know how to put it into words um, and so when they do put it into words, it's, it's done with an aggressive tone or an attacking language or they might, you know, yell or raise their voice or, you know, and those are the things that aren't going to assist in getting a conflict resolved. So it's about trying to address it as soon as possible at the earliest stage, but just really making sure how are you addressing that and how are you communicating. So it's that communication 101 stuff. Yes. Yeah. That you know, and it's about getting the training when it's available or, you know, doing some research or, or using using what resources you have available to upskill you on how to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um it's just about really trying to manage individual your own reaction. Um, Mm -hmm. It's that, you know, sometimes just pausing and and taking a deep breath and then thinking about what is it about this incident that is causing me to to be so reactive to it. Mm -hmm. And once you know what that is, you can then calm your emotional side down. You can regulate and then be able to have that conversation to let the person know as to what it is, is that the impact is having on you. Mm -hmm. Um, You're more likely to be heard if you're less emotionally reactive. Um, look, the other thing that, that happens is is that people focus on the problem and they don't focus on the actual individual. And so a lot of the times, you know, the, the issue that's coming up is, is not necessarily about the person that they're having the conflict with's um, ability to change. So it might be that they're in conflict with what the person's delivered as a directive or a change that's organisationally occurring. And so, that, you know, during conflict, people personalise and they get emotional and, and they react to the individual as opposed to staying focused on the problem.
0: And I suppose that's a good point. It's when we're in that emotional, whether it be anger or uh, overwhelmed place, mm. That's the time not to probably sort out
1: um, our conflict issues with somebody. Yeah, the best advice we give is, you know, write the email, but don't hit send. (laughs) Sleep on it. You know, Mm. organise a meeting, but, you know, wait a day to attend the meeting as opposed to having it right there and then when you're still very, very emotional and very reactive to the hurt. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, It's also important... You know, to choose your battles. There's a lot of conflict that can occur in a workplace, from very minor things to quite significant. And if we felt the need to communicate all of the uh, conflicts that occur within ourselves, we'd be exhausted. We would be, you know, overrun with with addressing conflicts as opposed to um, trying to get our work done. And it's really would be very unhealthy. So it's really important to kind of pick your battles. What's something that is really significant to you that needs to be addressed and that you need to be heard versus things that you can actually let go of and, and sort of go right? That's just that's something that I'm not choosing to take on board.
0: Mm, yeah, that's that's really, really good advice. Yeah, So Christy, um, can you give examples of what a poorly managed um, or unresolved conflict may result in?
1: Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, um, you know, when conflict hasn't been resolved or it's been poorly managed, um, what ends up happening is, is the relationships between the parties involved in the conflict sours. And it hasn't actually healed the rift um, and got them to a space where they're able to move forward from it. So you'll see that there's, they take with them that that soured relationship and the experience, which is really unfortunate, also comes with that is resentment. Is, is that they don't feel that they've been heard, that the matter's been addressed correctly, or that it's been resolved effectively. So individual parties, maybe all the parties involved or just one person will maintain uh, that sense of um, uh, injustice and resentment uh, about the experience that they've had with conflict. It can impact on the individual's health and create, you know, an increased stress and anxiety. It can increase depressive symptoms. Um, it can, again, you know, reduce people's productivity and, and absenteeism is increased. Um, they just don't want to be at the workplace because it just doesn't feel good.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: Um, and, you know, when, when conflict hasn't been resolved and it's either just left... Um, and hope that it would just go away in time, or that it's been uh, poorly handled. What will then happen is is for the parties involved it will feel like it hasn't been resolved and that it will constantly be a simmering issue and that will probably pop its head up again um, at a later stage, months or even years later, where it's just been simmering away in the background and ready to be set off at any time. Yeah, and, and like speaking here at an individual level, it's amazing how um,
0: one team member, how it can really impact
1: yeah. The dynamic
0: of the entire
1: team yeah. when this is um, unresolved issue is kind of definitely the, happening. The tension, the the resentment, the frustrations, the exhaustion, the the you know, division. I suppose the of division team. of team. Mm. Yeah, it's really really hard for for the rest of the team as well to maintain a healthy team presence yeah. when it's not a healthy team. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So on the flip side,
0: mm-hmm. um, what would be um, some of the the features of when conflict has been effectively managed.
1: Yeah look conflict I, I'm a very big believer that conflict has to exist and it can exist in a healthy way. It can be motivating. Exactly it's very <laughs> empowering when both when you see parties are able to resolve their conflict and then move forward from it. So conflict occurs, you can't hide from it, but it's just about making sure that when you resolve it correctly, you're getting a really good outcome. It boosts people's confidence. It boosts people's ego. It's very empowering to know that we were able to work through this. We might not necessarily 100% like the outcome or the process, but we've worked through it. Mm -hmm. So it helps to strengthen relationships. So it helps to improve the atmosphere and reduces the tension and it creates a really relaxed team cohesiveness when there's no longer conflict the communication amongst the team and especially those who are involved in the conflict it actually improves their communication skill sets Mm. they're really learning from this it also teaches um, the parties about effective problem solving that we can have an issue we can have a disagreement or a challenge in our values or the decision making process that's okay but we can actually work through it together and problem solve out the end and come up with a mutual agreement um, to, to resolve these problems. Mm. Um, it increases, again, like I said, the team cohesiveness and it increases that productivity amongst the team. They're not wasting their energy on the negativity, they're actually there and enjoying and being able to contribute in a positive way. That only then results in increased productivity, decreased absenteeism, reduction in turnover, you know, all that really positive stuff. So it,
0: it, it's really... A- a benefit both on a professional as well as a personal level isn't it?
1: Definitely yeah. conflict doesn't just occur at the workplace exactly We have conflict exactly. in our personal life yes we conflict with our families mm-hmm. we conflict with our partners we conflict with the friends that we play soccer with or volleyball or you know our social interactions there's conflict all the time that occurs mm-hmm. and again, We pick our battles and we also find ways to be able to work through those conflicts. And you'll see some people just really flourish and are quite confident in communicating through the conflict and get out the other side and feel better for it. And then there's the other people who are constantly challenged with conflict, that it never actually gets, you know, uh, uh, resolved. And it just sits there, you know, the family dinner, you know, everyone gets together at a birthday party or a Christmas do. And it's it's there in the room. It's it's that elephant in the room. And everybody knows that, you know, these two people don't get on because of an issue. but They've never actually tried to resolve it. Everyone just works around it. Yeah. Which is exhausting. It's a very, you know, very very tense time to be in that family or in that social interaction or in that workplace with that simmering away in the background. Yeah, of course. of yes. course. So
0: we're, we're, th- these skills and um, that we're we're speaking about or these impacts can um, are very much transferable from the workplace into into our private lives. Is oh, what you're saying definitely, kind of, yeah. definitely. So. Christy, just to kind of round our conversation off now, Mm -hmm. what are some key strategies that can help individuals manage conflict in a more healthy way when it occurs?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, from an individual, it's really important to take a moment to reflect and to work out what is the issue that's impacting me? Is it that this person is leaving five minutes early every day and leaving all the duties of locking up to me? Or is it the fact that I don't feel that it's equal treatment and that they're being offered different opportunities than what I am? So it's about working out what the core issue is. Is the Mm -hmm. issue with that individual? Or is an issue with the organisation or with your line manager or the team leader? Once you do that, you can then be able to organise when to have that conversation and to keep your tone calm and your body language really present and open and also to listen really well so it's not just about saying what you want to say but also hearing the responses and then being able to negotiate through that Mm -hmm. yes as a manager or a team leader someone in a senior position it's really important that when someone comes to you because there is conflict it's you really need to just be present and listen And listening doesn't just have your ears on, but it's actually being able to reflect back to really understand and empathise about what the issues are for this person. And then it's about not necessarily having to solve the problem, but asking, what would you like me to do to help you resolve this issue? And so then what we're doing is we're empowering staff to find those strategies for conflict resolution Mm. on how to communicate rather than people feeling, I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to lodge a grievance. I'm calling up HR. And it's about, well, let's just step it back and calm it down and see what we can do to help support you to address this. Mm. Nice. So doing a few of those little things is going to get more of a positive outcome and have a healthier relationship with conflict than an unhealthy relationship
0: yeah that's excellent well that's really sound advice there um christy um thank you for coming in today and talking on the resilience podcast no problem and um you know sharing those key strategies that can help uh, individuals manage their conflict in a healthy way so thank you thanks kobe